0: What's up and welcome back to anybody and everybody. I'm your host Herm and today I have a really special guest with me. Someone that I get to work with every single day and it's honestly a pleasure and honor and all of the above. He is a self-made CEO, business owner, founder, all of the above. His name is Dan Saviero and he is the founder and CEO of Signature Lacrosse. Dan, how are you doing today?
1: Um, great to be here
0: it it's bright and early this is the earliest i've ever recorded a podcast so <laughs> it's definitely uh,
1: a lot of stuff to do
0: <laughs> i know we re- we really do we always have a lot on our plates and we have to bang this out before we get into the actual work day so there's many reasons we have you on the show today one of them obviously to address fan questions and people who are really tied into the signature community but also to hear your story man i mean you have such a unique perspective on lacrosse culture and the way in which people go about business that I think a lot of people can learn from. Um you are a young, young, young CEO. You are right fresh into this game. And I want to first know just before we we're gonna get into the questions eventually, but I I need to know the full story because even though we work with each other every day, I guess I still don't even know it all. So when when did your kind of entrepreneurial CEO boss man type
1: uh, (laughs)
0: lifestyle start coming into play and was it from a young age or was it kind of like you just had to figure out how to start hustling
1: well I don't know if I'd call it boss man but uh I would I would definitely say that uh the entrepreneurial spirit's always been in my blood and um me and my brother used to uh when we were in Maybe I was fifth, sixth grade, and he was seventh, eighth grade. And we'd go over to the neighbor's yard and pick the mangoes and then set up a stand in our front yard and sell them right back to him. <laughs> and uh, we were just always hustling and just trying to make a buck. And we'd go and do lawns for people. We'd do whatever it took to make some money. And uh, I think we just kind of always enjoyed making our own way. and. Um, now, my brother runs a a boat charter, and uh helped me with signature getting started and now I run signature and help out with tampa palms and it's just an awesome way to live so
0: certainly you keep- you yeah. keep a busy schedule to say the least i mean yeah. you're constantly rolling, but that that's important in this now because of that. Kind of hustle lifestyle, even living up to this point. When you were going into college to make your decision to go to college and do the the lacrosse thing at the same time, were you always kind of business first mindset? Like, did you take business courses in college, or did was there any point where you were just like, I might take a
1: No, yeah, just, uh, going into college um, to backtrack a little bit. I mean, in high school, I was not the best kid. I was uh, booted out of two high schools, actually the same high school twice. Um, I had a pretty bad GPA, um, just ADD, ADHD and dyslexia and just I'm deaf in my left ear. Just Is that right? The school wasn't for me, um, or at the time I didn't think it was. And uh, I was really fortunate. I had some amazing coaches. Uh, that really pushed me in the right direction. And uh, if it wasn't for them, my junior and senior year, a really special guy, Andrew Bolger and his family, um, they were just amazing to me. And um, he was the one who really pushed me to to go for a college scholarship to play lacrosse and uh, ended up going to St. John's, falling through the cracks. And – that was, at the time, probably one of the more important things to me, and I would say business was a definite far second. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'd say once I got to St. John's, and I I I was fortunate I grew up in Florida, and I mean Florida lacrosse is is awesome. It's growing really fast, but it's not the highest caliber of lacrosse by any means. So. I was able to pick up the sport in eighth grade and, and I ended up being a two time All American. Um, and going subtle to flex. college, huh?
0: That was a subtle flex.
1: Subtle flex. Sorry. <laughs> a, a Florida All American. I mean, it's a little bit different. So going into college, though, I was always in that Florida bubble of lacrosse. So I thought, like, this is the pinnacle. I'm one of the best players. I go to St. John's, and I quickly realized, man, there's a whole nother level of competition in the Northeast. And uh, it was pretty eye-opening. So I'd say about halfway through my freshman year, I realized I'm probably not going to be one of the best players in college lacrosse. So I should probably spend my time focusing on another area in my life where I can be the best, because that's something that's really important to me. just that competitive love to win attitude and uh business felt like the next step in my life journey and I just really doubled down in it and uh started signature while I was in college and uh the idea was really simple all lacrosse balls had been the same for forever we wanted to make a better ball so got a couple teammates together we ended up finding a rubber chemist working with him on a manufacturing process and um and a new ball um and fast forward four and a half years and we've developed two more problem solving product lines our complete sticks that are all pro strong and then come with the first lifetime warranty in lacrosse as you know
0: yeah and
1: uh the quick connect goal and we've got a couple other products in the pipeline that I'm really excited about and you know I think uh it's been a good it's been a good journey so far we still got a long way to go
0: totally and that actually brings me up to the perfect spot in this show um today we're offering a special discount code for listeners of this episode specifically it's only going to last for about a week so if you want 10% off your next signature lacrosse order at com, Use code we flocked up. That's W-E-FLOCKED, F-L-O-C-K-E-D, UP, U-P. And you'll get 10% off your next order with Signature Lacrosse so that we can help take care of you and make your decision process a little bit easier for buying some awesome products that I know and support each and every day. But um, I think a big part of this episode too for me is... Being able to take off my signature hat and put on my just regular Herm hat because this is the Herm show, and I am actually learning about you right now, Dan. And one of my favorite things that you just mentioned there is this transition from being an athlete to a businessman. Right? There's some kind of competitive nature that's built into so many of us, and I feel this daily. I, I don't I guess I'm not as much of a big businessman, but I am a competitor through and through. And yeah. so, how much of that Were you able to channel then when starting Signature? Was it kind of just like, I want to be the best from the jump? Or was it like, I understand like we're going to hit some bumps in the road and we're going to have to figure this out over time?
1: I'd say uh, one of my biggest strengths, which can also be a big weakness at times, is I'm an eternal optimist. And so I see the end vision so clearly that, I don't think about the things that are in the way and the people and the obstacles and what could go wrong. I just think about how beautiful that end vision is and how we're going to get there and the things that get in the way are just part of the journey and part of the process. And honestly, I enjoy it. Um, Mm -hmm. it sounds funny, but it wouldn't be worth it at the end. If you didn't have to go through all the crap in the middle
0: right of course and one of the crappy things is that you are a college dropout you didn't you don't finish the student finish the story for us but you are a technically in quotes a college dropout but you're also yeah. now the ceo of an incredibly thriving company what do you think there was any kind of stigma with that um from the marketplace or any
1: well, I'd, I'd i'd say it was honestly i don't really know stigma i don't really I've never been one to really care what other people think. Um, I can say that from my perspective, it was one of the hardest decisions I ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason was, uh, I like I said in high school, I wasn't school wasn't for me. It didn't feel like it was a good fit. I just was not. I was getting into trouble all the time. I wasn't getting good grades. It just didn't didn't seem like the place for me to be. Um, then I got to college, and uh, for any high school kids listening, when you get to college, you get to pick what courses you take that's a huge that's a game changer I mean so I picked finance and accounting and I loved it and so it was super um, challenging and it was really stimulating and I went from having like a two point something gpa in high school to like a 3.8 gpa in college and was that at was, st johns that was at st johns and then that was at uh at university of tampa when i transferred as well so mm-hmm. um i think you know who your teachers are is super important and you get to pick that in college as well at times um and then what courses you take is super important too and if you take things that you're interested in you're going to thrive. And if you take things you're not interested in, it's going to be tougher, you know? Certainly.
0: So. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, one of the, I've told this story on the podcast before. It's like, I went into freshman year thinking I was going to be a businessman with failed econ. I failed business one Oh one or whatever. Walked out of fall term with like a 1.82 GPA or something. was wow. finally able to flip it around once I started taking classes I actually wanted to go to. So I think it's kind of those failures that you have to see, right? And mistakes, not necessarily mistakes. I mean, I made mistakes out of the classroom more than anything in that term. So it was like, once you're able to kind of culminate all these things that are issues in your life, right? And push them in the right direction, you can figure it out. And I think that that's one of the most important things that you and I have been discussing for like a week now is like feedback and comments from people, positive or negative, is the greatest gift anyone can ever give you.
1: Greatest gift.
0: And I think that that was what happened to maybe even both of us in college at this point. Like, we just faced it in different ways. And I think for you, that feedback of people always kind of pushing you out of the classroom was just a healthy driver in the right direction of business. And I think that's why you got to this point. But now, I had a, when you're in college, you didn't start signature, you started blue balls, right? That was kind of
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: No, <laughs> well, yeah. I guess for a
1: long time ago, tell me to take that name out back and bury it. Um, yeah,
0: I I believe it. Well, this is funny actually. I can tell this story now and Andrew's complete Andrew's one of our p- people that work at Signature and he he buried this on me right away. Um we have our blue, signature as blue balls on Amazon. They're physically blue. And right when quarantine started i got a batch sent to me and i wanted to put it up on instagram I'm like the only blue balls you're looking for this quarantine or something like that and it, it got shot it got shut down pretty quick but i think yeah. this is an appropriate place Not to tell that brand. story
1: Not brand. yeah no, <laughs> good about keeping us on brand and staying true to the mission
0: yeah for sure but with that so you started blue balls um yeah. when when did you switch over to signature and was it just kind of that oh, point
1: backstory on blue balls real quick, just so that everybody can understand where that name came from. Oh
0: yeah. This is important.
1: So number one, I played for a club team, uh, growing up in, in middle school. Well, in high school, cause I, I picked up the sport in eighth grade. Um, and so in high school, I played for a club team called blue devils elite. And my mom was the mom, uh, that was always on the sidelines, having a great time. She'd bring the mimosas um it was just a fun event that she would go to right right um it was my for me it was a lacrosse tournament for her it was like an event to socialize right mom's weekend so, M- mama So's just an absolute saint of a she's woman she's amazing um and so she she uh used to scream from the sidelines and you can hear it um it's pretty hilarious you can hear it in videos and um She screamed from the sidelines anytime the ball would go out of bounds. Blue balls, blue balls, because we're the blue team. And she wanted us to get the ball, but she thought it was funny. So all the parents always laughed. All the parents would always tell me about it. And so when I was starting a ball company, it was like, well, it's a hilarious name. Tie it back to my mom. This is funny. And so we, we ended up calling it Blue Balls Lacrosse. And that was back um when i was maybe 19 or 20. maybe now i think it was 19. so and that kind of was the start of uh of, of signature um and so we we brought in a container of balls we were planning on selling them throughout a year a calendar year um And the idea was we were gonna sell them and we were gonna help pay for our rent in college and pay for some dollar beers at the bars. And uh, we ended up um, selling through the entire container in a month. And so it was like, man, I think we got something here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was the transition where we said, okay, well, if we really wanna build a business out of this, um, we're gonna have to change the name we're going to have to do this the right way and so fortunately i have a, a amazing co-founder who's going to be a best man at my wedding uh nick martin and he was instrumental in telling me we got to change the name we got to change the <laughs> name so uh hats off to him and then we had a uh, an actual a former teammate at university of tampa a guy andrew smith um we were just out at dinner one night and we're brainstorming different names and coming up with a name for a company is one of the most underrated things. It is so hard. Yeah. There's so many names, everybody's got an opinion. Um and I think what we landed on with Signature was just perfect. Um but really it was Andrew's idea. So Andrew Smith, um we're sitting down and I think he just wrote it on the back of a napkin in this like script font and he showed it to me, and I was like, Done, that's it, that's the name we're going with. And we probably had 30 different names that we were gonna push out on social media and have everybody help us decide on. And uh, once I heard Signature, it was like it clicked,
0: yeah. That I was thinking the same thing. I, I think that Signature is like so distinct, especially in the lacrosse community. I mean, a lot of other brands kind of have very aggressive names. We're just a signature, you know, the easiest thing to do. Now, I've been curious about this since you said it. What was it like approaching a chemist or rubber chemist or any of the above to be like, Hey, can you like make a lacrosse ball for us?
1: Yeah. LinkedIn's a beautiful thing. You know, you can connect with anybody Uh and if you connect with somebody and they're maybe not the right person, you have a good conversation, they'll connect you with somebody else who might be the right person. So, um, Fortunately, Rubber chemists super undervalued uh, skill set. So very, very niche um, application for what they do. And mm-hmm. so helping with a lacrosse ball for a college lacrosse player was a cool opportunity. And um, yeah, that was pretty much it. We just <laughs> connected and then I learned an ungodly amount about rubber and about the different reasons why lacrosse balls go bad over time. Um, A lot of people think it's the sun, um, which is true to an extent, Um, but there's also the biggest factor is actually friction. And so the ball coming out of your stick and coming out of your mesh um that creates some friction and then the ball hitting the back of the net that Mm -hmm. creates friction and then the ball skipping on the grass or skipping on the turf that'll also create friction and that is really one of the biggest drivers yeah
0: if you think about it the ball is basically always have some kind of force and friction being placed upon it as opposed to the sun right i mean so you half the time you're playing lacrosse it's either out of the sun or inside so but there's always friction being forced upon it so then in that case you have to fight against friction as opposed to sun which yeah yeah
1: Yeah,
0: that's that's some kind of science that's just going to go right over my head and i'm going to ignore it from now on but uh i will continue to uh vlog about it or something along those lines actually but um
1: so huh if people are curious
0: if people are curious, we can vlog about lacrosse ball friction rates or something along those yeah. lines. So then you push out of college and Signature is starting to boom. And was there just some kind of – what what in, what enticed you to make the next big product, the, the stick, the one that comes pro-strong that is a very affordable stick? And I think is one of the things that we haven't talked about yet by accident is that Signature Lacrosse is – and blue balls across at the time was made to grow the game people that is the number one goal at heart 99.999% of the time and
1: yeah I'd say 100% of the time now yeah
0: or 100% I mean I like to always give myself a little bit of room for
1: <laughs> messing around
0: messing around that's a Herm thing though
1: so yeah no uh, I mean like I said um when I was in high school I was really fortunate. I mean, uh, this guy, Andrew Bolger and his family, coach Bolger, um, he changed my life a hundred percent. I would not be the man I am today without his influence. And that really inspired me to, as I was thinking about, um, my business career, I knew I was going to start companies. I knew I was going to be in, an entrepreneur. Um, and I didn't know what the word entrepreneur meant at the time, but I knew I was going to start businesses. So I just <laughs> like it. It's fun. And so I was thinking like, well, my dad has always said, since I, me and my brother were really young, the number one thing that he wants is for us to have an impact on the world, a positive impact on the world. And so if we can do that, he's going to be proud. And as with any son, I want to make my dad proud right? So that's always resonated with me. And so I thought about who are the people and what are the things that have made the biggest impact on my life. And I thought right back to Andrew Bolger and and his coaching. And that really made me think, well, how how can I give that same experience I was fortunate enough to have uh, and that opportunity to more kids? And if I can do that, I'm going to have a really positive impact in the first business that I start. And so actually the first business that I started was private lessons.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We in, in Jupiter, Florida, we started doing private lessons in high school. Um, We had 30 or 40 kids coming out to private lessons. It was me and one other buddy who ended up playing at Duke. Um, And we got to the point where we had to hire some of our other friends on the team to go do these lessons. Um, and we were just organizing and then we were doing the lessons on the weekends. And that was my first exposure to management. Mm-hmm. And boy, what, <laughs> 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 um, <It guys> sucks. <laughs> to to I mean, we had practice plans, we had everything, we had checklists of, of things they needed to bring and, it would just, uh, those checklists did not get used. So it was pretty funny. Um, but so I knew that I was going to do something in, in sports that would help give that experience to more kids. And so, um, when I was in college and I was thinking about like this, making this better ball, um, it made sense because people are going to be able to get more out of their reps. Practices are going to be able to go more smoothly kids are going to have a better experience that's going to allow more kids to stick with it. Um, and more kids to focus on what coach is teaching them, um, and maybe pull out a life lesson or two from, from the practice instead of thinking about the ball. Right. Um, so that was really important. And then, um, as we got into the market, um, not a lot of people know this, but, um, on the team in the team market, which is where the majority of balls are purchased, um, we came in. not only did we have a better ball, but something that was really important was that we made the ball at a better price and so that took a lot of of i mean I want to say it took a lot of thought, but honestly, nobody was focused on the lacrosse ball at the time. Nobody mm-hmm. was thinking about the lacrosse ball, and so having a us based rubber chemist helping us, we had a, a serious advantage cause we were the only ones trying to do this. And so, mm. um, not only, uh, and then we have, uh, my business partner, your, your teammate, Brian Bone, who's fluent yeah. Mandarin Catanese and Taiwanese. Um, I mean, he's been instrumental. And so, We don't have to deal. We're fortunate. I mean, when we first got started, we we had to deal with a sourcing agent, which is a guy in between you and the factory, right? And then as time went on, and and Brian was able to come in and get involved, we cut out the sourcing agent, and we were able to work directly with the factory. That lowers our cost. That allows us to have more control over production. it just is a it's a huge benefit, right? because now instead of us having to use a sourcing agent as a translator, we have our own internal partner that's a translator so um, that was big for us, um, and that allowed us to lower the cost to the team market, which made the sport more accessible because in turn now these programs can lower the cost of registration they can pass it right on to the players and mm. so Then we thought about sticks, and it was like, same thing. All right, sticks are super expensive, and when we found out how much it costs to actually make a stick, it was shocking. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, there is a pretty substantial upfront cost in development of the head um, and of the shafts. Uh, but once you make the tooling and you make that upfront fixed investment of time and money into the tooling, then production's pretty, pretty cost effective. So, um, to be able to offer something that is just radically different in the market, um, and adds value to the, to the players lifetime warranty just made so much sense um Mm -hmm. and so with that i mean don't get me wrong like the first head that we did took 18 months the guy that helped us um do the cad work the computer assisted design work um i think I, i think he hates me now i mean we did we were supposed to have three revisions um i think we got to like I want to say in the 70s, <laughs> that I
0: takes mean, a minute. He,
1: we were supposed to do an, uh, a, an, a universal head and a defensive head. And by the time we got done with the universal head, we had done way more work than he thought he was going to do in making both heads. Mm-hmm. So we didn't even hold him to the second head. We said, don't even worry about it. We're going to bring somebody onto the team to help us like with the CAD work because we want it to be so super specific. Um, And that's when Mitch from Element joined the team. Um, And so, you know, making the head is, it's a, I grew up stringing sticks. Um, I used to drill an extra hole in my Evo 5 um, growing up so that I could get the pocket exactly where I wanted it um and you know so all of those little details are so important and when you're making your own product you take it so personally and it's like a reflection of you and a reflection of like how good of a head can you make right and so i'm super proud of the contract i think it's an awesome awesome head um it was the only head i used up until I got the offensive head, which is coming out soon. Um, And now (laughs) that's the only head I use. So um, I think that people will see uh, a very common theme throughout our heads. Um, As the face-off head comes out, the defensive head, and even the goalie head that we've been working on, um, what people see is we have the same Delta technology. And Delta technology, what is that? It's a fancy word, right? In reality, we use the triangle, the strongest Mm -hmm. shape in the world. And uh, we try to incorporate it into every facet of the head, specifically the sidewalls, the top rail and the bottom rail. And that allows us to have a way stiffer head at a way better weight um, and makes us confident enough to say, you know what, we'll offer a lifetime warranty. Yeah, I mean, Nobody else has done that.
0: And I I know why I I, I think, and this is, this is the funny thing is I used a contract for a year and a half before I even got hooked up with Austin to come on board with you guys. And you guys, I mean, you you guys just sponsored our podcast at first at the time. And then somehow this turned into a gig for me, but I I used a contract in box games and box men's league for like a year and a half, never had one break or anything. So, and I think, that before we hop into the questions here. Oh, what was that?
1: Don't get me wrong, though. I mean, we've we've sold we've sold thousands of of the contract heads at this point. Mm-hmm. We've had less than five break, but we have had five break. And when they right. break, we send out a new one. I mean, that's the beauty of it. So, and what it does for us is. Anytime one of them breaks, we bring it right back to our partner factory and we say, why did this happen? And how can we make sure that it doesn't happen again?
0: Right, and learn so, from your feedback.
1: Yeah, it's a chance for us to get the product back from the player and then understand why it happened so we can make sure it doesn't happen in the future.
0: Yeah, 1000%. Now, I think we're, we're getting to that point in the show where we should start answering some of these questions, but before we even get into these questions, I want to just tell a little story about my own personal experience with this is the fact that when I was coming on to Signature Lacrosse, I said I will never work with a brand or work for a brand. This this was both my personal and my uh, company lifestyle that I don't trust and I don't go into and absolutely one, love the company, two, love the product, and three, want to actually pursue this each and every day if if it's an ad read for a podcast or I'm doing a job like I do for signature and I came in and probably one of the stickiest times possible to come to a company and with that I had full confidence that we were doing everything possible to be in the best light possible I think that signature lacrosse is one of the best brands across anything not just lacrosse to work for because we have such a rad team and we have amazing products so I wanted to make that very clear because I think sometimes people think that, I don't know, I came in and should have left or something. I've gotten messages like that before. And I was like, why? That makes no sense to me. But one of our questions, and this is as we're going to get into it, we've obviously faced a lawsuit now and those things happen to companies, right? I mean, every company faces a lawsuit at some point in their, uh, in their time period and I think before I ask you any questions about it I want you to tell the story of the lawsuit so that people have a better understanding of what actually happened because m- the media I mean media misconstrues so much stuff I think it's important for the yeah. CEO to be able to actually tell people what happened and keep it within the bounds of
1: yeah so first of all we love having you on the team here. Huh? oh don't pump
0: my tires right now
1: (laughs) but uh to dress it head on um you know we we settled the lawsuit you kind of got to bring it all the way back to the first model ball that we had uh certified so it was uh through noxie and through sei at the time um and it was our model 1.3 ball at that point Um, we were selling the 1.3 ball, says Noxie SEI on the ball, but doesn't say NFHS on the ball, right? So, and we had asked when we were first getting certified, like, can we put NFHS on the ball? Can we put NCAA on the ball? We see these two terms on balls across the industry. And their response, rightfully so, was, we can't tell you whether you can or can't put that on the ball because it's not our trademark and we took that as like okay then we're not going to risk it because we just we just ran into this issue so um so we didn't put it on the ball and then fast forward like two years and we get a call we've probably at this point sold i don't know a couple million balls and we get a call from one of our clients in minnesota and he goes, hey, what's going on? I just was playing in a high school game, and the ref said I couldn't use your ball because it didn't say NFHS on it, and we were like, wait a minute, what? We didn't even think that you could put NFHS on the ball. We thought everybody else was, was violating a trademark by doing that. We came to find out that uh, NFHS had just recently released a rule where they were requiring in order for you to play with a ball in high school that you had to have the NFHS mark on it. Then on top of that, once you put NFHS on the ball, you got to pay the NFHS 4.16 cents for every ball you sell. So at this point, (laughs) you got to spend, you got to, for every ball we sell, we have to, we have to give these two organizations Almost eight cents, um, and if anybody knows how much you sell a crossball for, that's that's pretty substantial. It's pretty like five to ten percent of your of your cost there. So at that point, um, we we said, all right, well, we need to come out with a new model ball to replace our 1.3 model ball, and this ball has to have NFHS, NOxy, and SEI on it, and so. Um, at this point, we had already private labeled balls for brands like Under Armour, Lacrosse Unlimited, um, and so at this point, we we're, we we're, uh, we took the uh, the Noxie SEI certification process. We went through the different steps. We got the insurance. We did the application. We got the manufacturing agreements in place. And the error that we made which was hundred percent my fault. And I've owned this with every one of our clients. Um, And that was really how we handled it. We went directly to every single one of our clients, called them up personally, sent them emails um, and got in touch with every single client. That's part of our recall procedure. So we actually have like a formal quality management system. And as part of that quality management system, there's a recall section. Um, And, our, what our process is so that everybody in the market can know um, is we call every single one of our clients and then we send a follow-up email to every single one of our clients. Um, and so the error that we made was uh, we got an email that said balls are certified. Um, and in reality, we were supposed to get a certification letter. Mm-hmm and so very distinct difference between the two things and me being an eternal optimist and just being uh overzealous i took the email and i said we've got the passing test results we've got this email we've got all of the ducks in a row insurance everything else we're going to market and we started selling the balls and for 18 months it wasn't an issue. We paid all the royalties. We did everything by the book. I mean, I screwed up. It was my bad. Um, and we're fixing it. We, uh, we got into a lawsuit because at the time I didn't think it was my bad. I, I took the position that this email should have been viewed just as a certification letter should be viewed. Um, and I think that that is kind of in line with like the times right when the mm-hmm. certification process was first created it was 40 years ago people still used the letters now like email is considered a letter right so um but i was wrong i mean at the end of the day i was wrong um i took the position i took we went to battle um and we we ended up settling in the spirit of moving the company forward and not having to um drag out a lawsuit that at the end of the day who wins it's it's their trademark and they're right and we're wrong and so um it was a really important lesson to learn um and i think that you know my ego got in the way at certain points which i can be guilty of and um I think it was it was a painful lesson, but it was one that I'm really happy to have had such an amazing team around us um, to, to go through it with. In, the, in terms of like owning up to it, the people that we're responsible to own up to it for are the people that we care about more than anything, uh, which is our clients, right? The mm-hmm. players, the coaches that we serve, okay? not the random people that want to chirp online for no reason. Like there's nothing that we can do to switch those people's perspective. Right. Right. Um, There's always going to be people like that. It is what it is. Um, And at the end of the day, like we wish them the best. We hope that one day they'll give signature a try. I think they'll see Um, not just amazing products, but the service that you get is unbelievable. I mean, um you break it we replace it that's unheard of um yeah
0: and it's easy You just shoot shoot us an email like yeah we literally
1: yeah it's not a big big company like some people think it's, it's i they, mean we're a team of 10 of us 10 of us yeah
0: yeah it's Super insane
1: private, lacrosse coaches players uh program directors and we just want to see the game grow and we want to do All we can to help it grow.
0: Yeah, that's the number one goal every day, and so that brings us into question. So we asked the questions yesterday on Instagram. Dan, I think just addressed all of the answers that you had. Anybody should have about the balls, in my opinion. I don't think anybody anybody's questions were more specific than that. Now there was another question, two of them that well, many they just kind of were all the same one, and it was, "What's up with the new head, and why am I seeing it on Alibaba?" And why, or no, this was, this was the funny one. It's a act. Does the signature actually make their own heads Yeah. and to that? Yeah. Yeah. We make, we make our own heads. (laughs)
1: Um, yeah. So, um, why do you see it on Alibaba? I mean, the same reason you see Maverick gloves on Alibaba, the same reason you see STX sticks on Alibaba, um, the lacrosse, the, really the broader sporting goods market makes the majority of our products over in asia so that's taiwan vietnam china um and when you do that um you have to pick there's there's a couple of things that are really really important okay number one you're partnering with somebody they've got to represent your values they've got to rep they got to understand your brand they've got to understand what you stand for um, and then they have to have the quality control requirements in place to ensure that they meet those values and that they meet those standards. And so you have your, your mesh factory, which is doing cut and sew, um, and, and they might be able to do your lacrosse nets and they might be able to do your gloves and elbow pads, but they can't do your shafts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They can't do your heads. They're not plastic injection factories. They're not metal extrusion factories. They're cut and sew factories, right? So then you have, um, so so you have these different factories that have different capabilities. Every single one of the factories will tell you, to a T, that we can do everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is like one of the most common things that you find. And if you go on Alibaba, you'll find one manufacturer one factory right that says that they do gloves sticks uh mesh uh goals and balls no they don't like that's just not that's just not reality and what they do is maybe they have one of those things in house maybe and then they subcontract to other factories for all of those other pieces of goods and so they might make mesh right because it's pretty cheap to set up a mesh factory uh in China but they don't make shafts heads all of the other stuff that they say they make and uh they just subcontract that out to other factories so when that happens that's when you run into serious issues because you're thinking this company represents my values as a brand and can meet my standards as a brand but then you get A product that's that they they aren't making right they're subcontracting it out so with our uh, with the offensive head specifically which has been a a head that's been in question there's a counterfeit version of our head we tried to make it with a partner who we had for uh, our first ever version of of the shafts the one nobody Mm -hmm. really knows about the one because um, we did a really limited run of it and we really only gave it out to our friends. Um, But the one we made with uh, a a factory um, and we also gave that factory, factory, um, not really a factory, they subcontract everything out. Um, We gave them a couple other head designs. Um, And the ones that we gave them were early prototypes of what was gonna be the offensive head. Um, and so we ended up saying, you know what, this, this isn't a good relationship. These shafts are breaking. These heads aren't made to the quality that we need in terms of the plastic. And so we ended up severing ties with the factory. Um, at the time we found out that they were already offering, uh, heads of ours on Alibaba as part of our manufacturing agreements with every one of our suppliers, there's penalties in place any time that they sell our products without our permission. Um, and so that's thanks to the trademarks and the patents that we have. And so, um, they, that company racked up a couple million dollars worth of damages, um, that we can't ever get back. Right. What are we going to do? Go over to China and sue them. Right. Yeah. Chinese course would kick us out. Um, yeah. So Instead, we just said, you know what, we're going to sever ties with you guys. We're not going to use you anymore. And uh, it was painful because it was a relationship that, you know, I I thought I liked the guy. Um, but at the end of the day, um, if if they can't make things to the quality standards and to the values that we have as a company, then we can't use them because we right. won't put our brand on it.
0: Right. So I think it's important to note here that you can never buy a signature, an actual signature product on Alibaba, right? That there's only one way.
1: I mean, it's like the same right. thing Nike deals with the same thing. Every one thousand
0: percent. It's just important to know what's real and what's not.
1: I mean, yeah. And at the end of the day, like if you want to go buy that head, um, go buy it. Like You're not going to get a lifetime warranty, but go, if you want to go buy it, go buy it. I mean, um, but if people are marketing it right and like trying Mm -hmm. to sell it in the U S well then our trademarks and our patents are valid. They're not, you can't do anything about it in China. We can't do anything about them selling it on Alibaba, but if you start selling it in the U S that then we can do something about it. And so, um, we've always tried to be really cordial with companies when they run into that. Um, because we know it's not their fault. Like they're seeing it, on Alibaba, they're buying it, they're thinking they can resell it. Um, but in reality, just as a warning to the market, like if you can stay away from it, it's just not worth the headache.
0: Right. And especially on platforms like Instagram, as soon as you start endorsing a counterfeit product, it just, it's it's illegal. You can't do that. And I think that's what some people, yeah, I
1: I think as a company something I'm really proud that we always do is uh we we give the choice to our team um to make the decision to be kind, to be empathetic and to 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 come out and say like hey, I know this is the situation, we're aware of it, um and and to work with the people and I think we've done that on a few occasions and it's it's worked out really well for for the other person in the US. Um, but, you know, sometimes you get people who don't believe you don't want to work with you, whatever the case is. And in those instances, it becomes more challenging to say the least.
0: Right? Yeah. And that, that's where the real pain comes. And so we're we're almost out of time here. But there's two more questions I wanted to get to. Um, yeah. You already kind of addressed this one, what products are in the pipeline other than we, we You said all the heads. Is there anything else?
1: Yeah. So something I mean that I'm really, really excited to share um, is we've been working on this 24-7, 365, uh, completely print-on-demand team store concept. And the idea is super simple. The uniform ordering and, and um, fan gear ordering process is super archaic. We wanted to solve it. We domesticated all the manufacturing. Everything's 100% made in the USA, which we're all really proud of, especially around this time. And um, we've just launched two weeks ago. We've signed seven programs to three-year agreements. And uh, we're going to start rolling it out on a national campaign um, in the coming months. And uh, I think it's going to be something that um, programs around the country are going to just, I mean, it solves such a clear pain point for them. It um, really does. I think it's really going to be uh, something that that transcends lacrosse and uh, allows us to really serve the greater, you know, youth sports market. Um, so that's something I'm really excited about. And then um, we've got our Carbon shafts, our face-off head, our defensive head. Um, I think our goalie head's probably going to be a 2022 item now. Um, well, and, people last
0: and, week got to see the first look at the new Pro Balls as well.
1: Oh yeah, and then the Pro Balls. I mean, uh, those—that's something that we've been working on for three or four years, um, and it's been a hell of a process. Mm-hmm. Um, but Um, I think we still have a long way to go. I mean, I think we've got a great first version uh, or really fourth version um, of the Pro Bowl. Uh, But I think that uh, as time goes on, it'll get perfected into a couple more versions. Like I said, our head, our contract head, I think it took 70-something revisions right um so we're definitely a company that goes through uh the process and takes our time and when the product's ready it's ready
0: certainly man we've we've run out of time here we're up against our time all but i want i do want to open up the platform to you to make any kind of apology whatever you feel is necessary right here at the end of the show to the consumer the public anything along those lines Say yeah goodbye, say your piece
1: yeah i mean uh i think uh you know we made an administrative error um i hope that this clears it up for everybody and if anybody has any more questions shoot us a dm we'll Mm. do another one of these shoot us Uh, an email i had fun fun, uh and i'd love to do it again
0: yeah i think we need to do another episode together man and just talk more more stuff outside of having to clear up some questions for people yeah. but yeah that that is all we have time for today thank you guys for tuning in if you remember that discount code is we flocked up at signature lacrosse.com for 10 percent off your next order and i will be back next week with a really cool guest seven hill strings one of our signature stringers and ambassadors and he tells some really rad stories so without further ado i will see you guys next week bye everyone